Hello and welcome to Say More the Podcast. I'm your host, Audrey Whalen, and today's guest is my dear friend and cherished mentor, Miss Paige Kane. So I'm going to read you her intro because if I didn't write it and then read it, I would ramble forever because the things I could say about this woman are beyond. (laughs) So I'm just going to get into it, okay? Y'all will just have to experience the magic of Paige and you'll know what I mean. So Paige is a shaman, vulva, psychic intuitive mentor, and the owner of Feature Intuition. Paige has been deep inside of the world of energetic, psychic, and intuitive work since early 2017. With lifetimes of training, over six years of experience, and hundreds of client readings and energy healing sessions under her belt, Paige knows a thing or two about the world of woo and what it takes to run a truly impactful service-based business. Paige is also the creator of the Intuition and Energetic Certification Program, where she teaches the next generation of intuitive coaches, healers, and chart readers how to utilize their intuition and energetic tools to transform their business, client practices, and their own lives. And speaking from experience, y'all, as someone who went through the Intuition and Energetic Certification Program, sheesh, that shit is unlike anything else. I can't even just read my normal intro because I'm telling you, page magic. As you can tell, I absolutely adore Paige. She and her work have been beyond transformational for me and my business. So without further ado, let's get into it. I hope you enjoy. Hello, hello, Paige. Welcome onto the Same Word podcast. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so excited and so happy to be here. It feels it feels surreal to sit on this side of things after having you on my podcast this is the first guest interview I'm recording and I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous but I can think of no better person to have as one of as one of as the very first guest on this podcast um I would not have the business I have if it weren't for you and our work together and I'm just delighted to dive more into your story. And I just know that this episode is going to be filled with all the little gems. So, so excited to dive in. Okay. So obviously everyone got your intro in my words, but I would love for you to just introduce yourself um, and just share a little bit more about how you got to where you are as an entrepreneur. Just share a little bit about who you are, who the hell is Paige Kane? So I am, I'm Paige. I am a, well, to give you some of my like fun personality stats first, I am a 6'2 sacral generator. I am a Capricorn sun, Cancer moon and rising. I am a two, three wing in the Enneagram. And I am in, I used to be an INFJ, but it just changed. I'm an INFP now, Same. I believe. I'm also an INFP and I love when those things change. I also used to be an Enneagram too. And I, in college, when I first did the Myers-Briggs, I thought I was an ENFP, but that's just because my sorority girl college self thought I like had to be an extrovert. And I was certainly not in the moment I was out of the college environment. I was like, wait, I actually love being alone so much. Same. I think... I really learned to like differentiate between introvert and extrovert by how you recharge. So even if you, I was the same way in college, like super social in a sorority, we're in the same sorority. We're both 80 pies. And we just found that out like 
not that long ago. So we're sisters. Yes. In multiple ways. Hashtag we live for each other. And <laughs> what else did we say? Like diamonds are forever. Well, I don't know what else are. we said. Yeah. They really do. They, yes. they really, they really are forever. Love. Okay. So I would really love to know, you know, I know who you are and what you do, but I would love for you to share a little bit more about what you do, the work you do with your clients and who you are as an entrepreneur, which I think you were going to say, and I got too excited about everything and cut you off. So please, please say more. (laughs) No, it's fun for everyone to know like all facets of us, right? So my, my titles in business, like who I am as an entrepreneur and a business owner is I am a psychic, a shamanic energy medicine practitioner, a vulva and spiritual mentor. And when I say the word vulva, people are always like, ooh, what does that mean? It's one of the Norse shamanic words for for shaman, essentially. And it was their medicine practitioners. So I utilize that word as well because I've studied two different types of shamanic work at this point, which is... Oh my gosh, mind blowing. And now that I'm talking about this, I'm like, okay, what else did you ask in the question? Oh, my business journey, how I got here. Yeah. Yeah. I would just love to know. I mean, you are now, as I perceive it and experience you and your work, so solid in your identity as a shaman, as a medicine person, and as a psychic. And from conversations that we've had, I know that it hasn't necessarily always been that way, or perhaps that journey to where you are now has not always looked this way. So yeah, I would love to know a little bit more about your journey to getting to where you are now. Yeah. So to kind of like paint the whole picture as to how I got here to where I am in you know, May of 2023, when we're recording this, we actually have to go way back in time, all the way back to when I was doing my undergrad. And I graduated from high school in 2008. So that gives people a timeline. And I did my undergraduate degree in hospitality. So I went to UNLV. I I got a degree in hospitality. And when I graduated from that program, I was one of four people like out of our massive class of graduates to be recruited by the Four Seasons. So right out of college, I went moved to Beverly Hills. I moved to LA right outside of Beverly Hills. I was technically living in West Hollywood, working in Beverly Hills, which was <laughs> the stories, <laughs> the stories I have for people, <laughs> which was absolutely wild. And the early part of my career in my early 20s, I was in luxury hospitality and customer service. I lived in LA for about five and a half, six years with my brother in a studio apartment, which is another story all in itself. We are rent ceiling. We're like, we're never leaving this place. (laughs) But I lived... So I was working in hospitality and I often worked like 60 hours a week. And one of my second jobs in the hospitality industry, my boss told me I could only have one day off a week. So this was like a massive recipe for burnout. So at some point when I was living in LA towards the end of my time there, I started to question like, why am I here? And why am I doing this? Especially if my inherent values are around family are around presence, are around time with loved ones. And anyone who's worked in hospitality or customer service, you know that you're like 
working holidays, you're working weekends, you're missing birthdays, you're missing like big life events. And I just started to think like, why am I continuing to move further, further away from what I know I intrinsically want? I have a lot of Capricorn placements in my chart. Nurturing. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nurturing is like such an inherent part of my nature. And yeah, that served me so well in hospitality and customer service, but I often stepped into people-pleasing tendencies. I lacked boundaries. I overworked myself. And this caused me to almost get fired from my last corporate job. I went to, a lot of people don't know the story, but in 2016, I went to Italy and I saw how they lived life. And I was like, oh, something is inherently like not correct for how I've been doing things. They're taking naps. They're having long lunches. Their families like all kind of work together in a unit. Like it just was so culturally eye-opening. It was the first time I'd ever traveled outside of the US. And I think I went to... Italy in summer of 2016, and then almost was fired and then ended up leaving my job like four or five months later. Happened that quickly. Wow. Yeah. So I moved back to Oregon from there. And I felt really lost, to be honest. And I felt, and I think this this feeling has come up for me a couple of times just throughout my journey. I felt like really ashamed. Like, oh, I had found this amazing big corporate career. I was working, interacting with celebrities on a regular basis, right? Like I had that big thing that so many work people work towards and it ended up burning me out, exhausting me to the point where I had to quit, move home, live with my parents and really think about what I actually wanted. So yeah, it was tough. Those were tough times. Was this by chance Saturn return time for you? I was just going to say, yeah, (laughs) you're so psychic. You read my mind. This was mid-Saturn return. And I basically had the biggest like breakdown ever. Like I said, I went home. I was working different part-time jobs, just trying to like, I think, give myself a break. And during that time, luckily I met, I met Zach, who is my fiance. And I remember him at one point being like, you have so much to offer. Like, what are you actually doing? Mm. And kind of like challenged me like are you forever gonna sell black stretchy pants to women who want to go to yoga all day long right um and I was like no yeah it's sometimes it just takes someone who sees you knows your heart sees like can hold the vision of your potential up to you like a mirror so that when you feel disconnected from that it's this like gentle or not so gentle reminder of like oh right and it's kind of this like record scratch moment of like you're probably wondering how I got here (laughs) and you're like wait where even am I what am I doing so I love that Zach was able to kind of like hold that mirror up and say like hey this is what I'm seeing is that is that really your choice like is that how it's going to be you know this kind of wake up call moment yeah he and he definitely did it in such a gentle way and And how he did it, it encouraged me to really look around as to like what people were asking me for advice for, what they, you know, what they saw in me. And that's when I realized, oh my gosh, I should go back to school and get my degree in nutrition because I was that person who was like consuming a lot of health content and could tell people like what to go pick out to eat that would feel good and nourishing for their bodies. So 
I went back to school. I got my master's degree in nutrition. And then at the same time, I had like, again, another like beautiful divine guide coming down. I had a boss who was like, Paige, you are so intuitive. Can you tell me about my future? And she would literally throw me like questions like that. And I I kind of brushed her off and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm just good with people. Like, you know, I just have been in customer service a long time. I'm great at interacting with others, whatever. But it actually led me to shaman school. So I feel like a lot of people have heard my story where my first mentor, I heard her on a bunch of podcasts. I sent her this wild email. And then, you know, a few steps down the road, she was like, you need to have training in intuitive and energetic work. I went to shaman school while I was getting my master's. And I started my business pretty much, I think, after the first weekend of shaman school, I started my business. And I'm trying to think of, oh, and then in like 2020, I'm thinking about the timeline. So I started my business, going to shaman school, doing my master's. And then in 2020, I went full time in my business like had created Feed Your Intuition. And in its like first iterations, I would say 2018, 2019, when I was treating it more like a side hustle, there was nutrition work and energy energy work in there. And who knows, that could come back down the pipeline later on. But in 2020 is when I really went full time. I had no savings. I had like no backup plan. It was such a like pure gritty moment. I'm If I'm just going to, I'm just going to do this thing. And chase it and go after it. And that's how I am where I am today. I love it. I love it. And there are so many moments in that where your generator is showing, like you looked for things to respond to in regards to like what people were asking you for help with, what you felt creatively inspired by, and even just you know, your, your former boss having these moments of like, Hey, actually you're so intuitive. Can you tell me about myself? Like, and, and, and I think so many of us who do identify now as like highly sensitive or empathic or intuitive, we've had those moments where other people have like noticed our gifts before we have, or before we have like fully accepted them or understood the depth of them. And I think it's just so beautiful to see the journey that you've been on. And we also have the hospitality thing in common. I had a very short stint in hospitality working six months at a Hyatt in event sales um, before COVID hit, but that just like the range that you have had in your career and in um, the experiences that you've had and it all like, from where I'm sitting makes so much sense. Like it makes so much sense. Um, and it all adds up. Right. So I yeah. love this. I think that's such a powerful message too, that like, even if your traje- trajectory seems like wonky or seems like, Oh, this makes no sense that I've gone from this thing to this thing, to this thing, you can normally see how they've all added together. Yeah. Well, and that's the whole thing with intuition is like, most of the time it is illogical. Most of the time you do not have the facts or the evidence to support the intuitive knowing or the nudge or the ping. And as you, you know, continue consciously working with your intuition, you do gather the evidence that like, it makes sense to trust your intuition. It's safe to trust your intuition. It's a sound business decision to trust your intuition. 
but especially, and even, you know, once you've collected those evidence, it's that evidence, it's still hard, but especially when you're just getting started, it's such a leap of faith to, yeah, to do the things that don't make sense to anyone else, including your logic brain. Um, because there's just a part of you that knows that's what you need to do. So I love all of that. Thank you. Yeah. I would love to know. Okay. So you are a psychic. You are a lot of things. You wear many hats. One of the things that you are is a psychic. And I remember a couple of months ago, um, you know, I went through the intuition energetic certification program over a year ago now. And I really, you know, in the last year ish since May 2022, when I graduated from the program, I have really leaned into my own intuitive gifts and energy tools and things like that. But one thing that I felt a lot of stickiness around, and I actually have a good story that really from pretty recently in my personal life that demonstrates why. Um, But one thing that I felt so sticky around for a very long time was calling myself a psychic or even referencing my gifts as like psychic gifts or psychic abilities. So I would love to know in your words, what the fuck is a psychic? (laughs) Give us the Capricorn page definition. I I love definitions. They like give things so much like grounding and rooting. So to me, the word psychic and intuitive are really interchangeable. However, I would say like psychic is the more active expression of your intuitive gifts. So to kind of like rewind this a tiny bit, we all have intuitive gifts. We all have extrasensory perceptions in which we take information in and seemingly know things about the world around us without really tapping into logic like you were just talking about, right? And some of the primary intuitive senses we have are claircognizance, knowing things, clairvoyance, seeing things, clairsentience, feeling things. This can also go with clairempathy, who are people who just know other people's feelings and their clairaudience, clear hearing. And as I talk about them, you're kind of like, oh, these sound like the learning styles, right? So most of us can kind of start to draw like, oh, I'm such a visual person. Maybe that means one of my intuitive senses, intuitive gifts is clairvoyance. And so when we take these gifts and put them into practice, whether it be for yourself, for your client, for your best friend, when you're like having a night out together, a slumber party, and you're like hanging out, pulling tarot cards together, you are acting as a psychic, right? So psychics are just those of us who are working in the realm of the invisible and utilizing our extrasensory perceptions, like the easiest, most distilled down version. Mm. Okay. So the story that I have is uh, a couple weeks or I guess a couple months ago now, I messaged you on Instagram and I said, Paige, at what point can I call myself a psychic? Because even though I knew I didn't need anyone else's permission to call myself a psychic, there was this part of me that said, I need mentor Paige to tell me I'm a psychic. (laughs) And then following that, I launched one of my most favorite offers ever, which is psychic content. And you validated in me that I very much have psychic gifts and that I absolutely can use that word and that I have, you know, training and a certification and experience, lived experience to back it up. But the fear, I think for me around using that, not only the classic like imposter syndrome stuff, like 
is there more to being a psychic that I don't know about that I like can't claim that as something that I am or that I do, but also so much fear of judgment or misunderstanding or um, fear just in general of the perceptions of other people. And I'm not even just talking like randos on the internet. I'm talking about like my immediate family. And so the story uh, that I had that I like, I don't think I've ever mentioned this to you is that a couple of weeks ago, um, I don't really, my parents don't have Instagram that I know of, but I have sisters and they share a lot of things. And so mom, my mom said to me a couple of weeks ago, she said, did I see something on, on Twitter? You didn't see anything on Twitter, mom. I'm not on Twitter. Did I see something on Twitter about how you're a spiritual teacher and or a spiritual leader and a psychic? And I was like, well, I don't know about, I don't know about all of that, but like, yeah. She said, are you a psychic, Audrey? I said, mm-hmm. And she said, <laughs> it just chortled. And she said, you are not a psychic. Come on. Can you tell me like about this? Can you tell me about this? Can you tell me when I'm going to die? Can you tell me? And, and I just stood my sacred ground and was like, she's not going to get it. And that's okay. I love her. It makes sense that she's skeptical for all the reasons that she is. Um, and I was honestly, I was proud of myself for how I held, held it down in that moment because I know who I am. So I don't need other people to know who I am, but I think it brings up this like very real misconception or I guess uh, how people perceive psychics or people who have psychic gifts. Like, can you tell the future? Can you tell me when I'm going to die? Can you tell me when I'm going to make all this money? Can you tell me, you know, so I would love to know what you have to share around that and kind of some common misconceptions about psychics and psychic work. Yeah. A lot of people think psychic work is like super future casting. However, when we're doing psychic intuitive work, we're tapping into, we're basically moving out of what's probable into what's possible. And when we move into the realm of possibility, not just probability, we actually open up several doors. And so as a psychic, it's to like tap into those potential doorways and to give people like the options of what's available. and allowing them to then with like their own energetic sovereignty, discern what path is going to be best for them. So in a lot of psychic work can come out in ways that's like incredibly metaphorical. It can feel like it doesn't relate to anything in the tangible world. However, with my experience with clients is later, a lot of things start to like click in and make sense. So the number one thing I want people to take away, that's like a huge myth is like, we're casting your future. And that's like really untrue. Like we are just tapping into what's already available for you based on the present. And I would also layer in what's based on the questions that you are asking, because you are going to get different answers depending on what you're asking a psychic intuitive about or what you're even just open to receiving. Mm. in in like psychic, shamanic, intuitive, whatever kind of work, energy work, there's two parties, right? There's us as the facilitator. And then there's the client, you coming in for a session. And the energy moves in both ways. So it's if someone comes into a session and they're like, really like, 
I don't want to say this is bad, but they're really nervous or like blocked out around this work. They're going to get a different set of messages than people who are like extremely open and available and like ready. Right. So I think one myth is like, we're just going to cast your future and like, that's that. And that's it. No, it doesn't. Looking into my crystal ball, I see a tall, dark, handsome man in your future. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's just the the classic, like, yeah. And we really, and like those things do absolutely happen. Like I have several stories about like just wild, like super descriptive things happening, but it's also so much a two-way street. Like how connect, like how you are showing up in the session, what you want to pour your energy into, what questions you may be asking. So I think so many more factors go into psychic work than what we think of as someone just being like, okay, I'm going to pull three tarot cards. I'm going to tell you your future. It's set in stone. Like that's it. Right. Yeah. And I want to add to that. There's like a lot of like historical things that have happened around psychics. Like if if you've seen, I don't remember what movie this is, but it's such a sad movie and it literally like crushes my soul. But there's a movie about um, these people who work in like a carnival setting and work as psychics, but are scamming people. Right. And like, that's a lot of people did that. Like that happened. And so I think people have this context of like, oh, psychic work isn't real. It's a scam. And we really still carry that, that energy too. Like, oh, no, no, no. You're just picking up, you're watching people's body language or you're just picking up on information you already had. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you watch Ted Lasso? Yes. Okay. Do you remember the episode this season where Rebecca sees the psychic? I won't give too many spoilers. Rebecca sees the psychic and then she's talking to Higgins and he says, and I, I, I'm shocked that I didn't message you in that moment because he said something like, you know, she's calling bullshit on the whole psychic thing. And he was like, well, psychics can show us a lot of things that we like can't see for ourselves. And I'm like, okay, Apple TV with the agenda to open people's minds to shit that they don't want to see. I mean, Ted Lasso stays doing that with conversations around therapy and sexuality and all the things, but. That made me so happy. <laughs> I love Ted Lasso. Yeah. <laughs> we're obsessed. But it is, it's true. It's um, we're tapping in on energies that are already available to you, but you have just maybe put blinders on around or like just haven't seen yet or yeah. don't know how to tap into. Everything is available in our energetic blueprint a lot of the times. And we're just opening up the space to be able to look at that. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And to me, I mean, and, and I want to ask you a little bit more about how you use intuition in your business and how you might encourage other folks to do that more consciously too. But I think, um, it's always a solid business strategy to have your blind spots covered. And whether that's a consultant who's looking only at strategy, I personally vote that strategy alone is not going to get you the yummy, ooey gooey, satisfying, life-fulfilling, soul-purpose-aligned business that you crave. But whether it's a consultant, whether it's a coach, a mentor, a psychic, a brand designer, a VA, like there are so many ways to get your blind spots covered. And to me, especially as entrepreneurs, it just makes sense that you would have someone who has a different perception. And and you talk a lot in your work about the different like layers and levels of, of perception. And um yeah. So I think that's, it's, it, to me, it's smart, but, and it takes, um, a level of deconditioning for sure to like 
peel back the layers of what we've been told about this kind of work. Um, and whether that's, you know, psych psychic work into intuitive work, energy work, manifestation, like all the things it takes a level of like, okay, this is what I've been fed. And maybe that's the only reason or the primary reason that I believe this thing to be true. And is that actually what I want to hold as the truth? Um, which is kind of a tangent in and of itself. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I would love to know how your intuition shows up for you in business and maybe some of your favorite ways to tap into your intuition when it comes to business things. So for me, I am highly, highly claircognizant, which is clear knowing, which is I just know things and I can't always logic my way to why I know them or how I know them. They just come into my beautiful mind. Sometimes they're confirmed by clairvoyance so by a visual and sometimes they're not i'm also like clairvoyant clairsentient which means like i feel see things so i'm not necessarily getting a whole picture but i can feel the picture there mm -hmm. or i can feel what the picture should look like which is another whole tangent so i am i'm always trying to trust my knowing and having claircognizance can be really really hard because it feels like i have adhd it feels like my like normal thoughts a lot of the times. And when I'm like tuning into myself, my intuition for strategy, what I'm going to offer or do next as a business owner, I am scanning for the things that have a different shine, sparkle or feel to them within my normal thought patterns. And I just recently did this. So we'll kind of use an example. I just put out this like, digital mini reading offer based on I did a, re a yeah, reading for you yeah. that you won and I was like I was like fuck this is really fun sorry to swear on the podcast please swear on the podcast <laughs> I fuck, was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> I know I'm like all my episodes are, are explicit More on mine explicit, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I was like ah oh, like fuck this is so much fun like I had a lot of fun doing this and I got the intuitive download I had the thought essentially and, it, and this was a thought that felt shiny. It wasn't in my normal stream of consciousness. That was like, you should offer more of these as a Memorial Day sale. I wasn't doing any sale. And I said, okay, like, yeah, that actually feels good. How long will it take me to execute this? I kind of planned it out, changed up a few things behind the scenes. And lo and behold, I think we've had like, we're almost like sold out of them in like less than 24 hours. Amazing. Well, so, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I say you go ahead. No, you. <laughs> I think I, it also just speaks to, and I like recognize this right away because you gave me this reading that I won as like a giveaway inside of the certification. I was two minutes into the recording and it was so freaking good. And I messaged you saying I'm two minutes in and it's so freaking good. And then an hour later, I had a pretty little email in my inbox saying, a client just told me two minutes into my reading, this is so fucking good. And you like saying that you were offering these, you know, digital mini readings and it just feels like you're a generator in human design and you're a sacral generator, which means that you have a very clear gut reaction. Like you can, do you physically feel a pull or like a swirl or some kind of sensation in your gut, like in your belly? Do you ever feel that? Yeah, absolutely. And and as a generator, your strategy is to respond. And so you had this 
generator sacral ooh or mm, that sounds ooh that would be fun if we did more of these and then you kind of like checked it against a couple of like strategy points or okay what are the logistics of this how's that going to work but then you just moved and look what happened and I bet you're are you having a ball like are you have you started like delivering on the readings yet like how's that going I'm doing a bunch of them today and tomorrow because I had more than I expected. I was like, oh, like maybe people will buy these things, like whatever, it feels fun to offer this. But every time I check my inbox, someone else has asked for a reading, which is wild, wild. And I want to add in, like you describe this process to a T and then we've talked about this a lot and it's a great thing. I'm sure everyone who's listening would like hearing about this too. But my business, the energetic entity of my business is a manifester. So it oftentimes initiates the idea with me and it gives me the option to run with it. So how I interact with my business from like a very energetic, intuitive standpoint is the manifester in my business is like, we're going to do this. And I, as the generator go, do I have energy for that or not? Mm, I love that so much. I love that so much. Yeah. So I'm constantly thinking of, okay, if my business is... Sorry, Zach is texting me. Hold on. Let me make sure I'm on do not disturb. There we go. So I'm like, can I pour energy into this? Like I'm receiving this initiating guidance. Like my business is informing me. Can I now pour energy in this to execute? Like, does this feel really good to respond to? Because also my business as a manifester has a lot of fucking ideas. And not all of them are like, I'm like, no. No, we can't go there. <laughs> Don't have the spoons for it today. Not today, baby. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So for, that's that's kind of how I, on a higher level, like use my intuition in business. And by all means, I mean, everyone who's listening could go run the human design chart of their business right now and look at their human design chart and kind of figure out the energy dynamic. But it is a lot of like listening to the intuitive download. And for me, honoring my human design on whether or not I really want the res- like whether or not the response is really a yes or no. And that, and there's an intuitive knowing in that yes or no. So I also have my, my spleen is defined. So there there's usually an instantaneous yes or no. And I start to lose energy when I like avoid the knowing of either way. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Something that just landed for me is it's not just about, you know, I think we talk a lot, especially in conversations around like human design and alignment and all these things. We talk a lot about how important it is not to say yes to things that are actually no's to your system. Like when you know something is not actually for you, but you say yes anyway, because of people pleasing tendencies or because you think you should or whatever. But what you just said has me thinking about the flip side of that, which is what happens when we ignore the yeses and we treat them like no's when they're yeses and we don't move on the intuitive poles? So in your experience, what has that been like? Like, have you been in seasons before where um, it feels like you're not honoring your yeses or even just like, yeah, stories around what that's like for you? I'm also, I'm saying this before I forget, I want to know how you picked the birth info for your business. Like, was it when you LLC'd? So yeah, two two questions. (laughs) Okay. So we'll do the birth info first, just because it's top of mind. So I 
for the birth of your business, you can use, if some people, some people never do an LLC and they just run their business as like sole proprietorship, however you do your taxes, no big deal. For me, I chose when I filed for my LLC and there was actually a time like on the date that I got like the paperwork back from my small business lawyer. So that's a great one to use. If you're like, you don't have that yet. The, the first session you ever did, or maybe like the first post you ever did on Instagram, mm. also really great, like markers of when you started. I love that. Like yeah. when the first, like, it felt like the official action of like, okay, and now I have a business. Yeah. yeah. I really like I have that. my very first client, like still in my calendar. And my very first client was in 2018, but I used the date of like when I got my LLC, cause that felt more official for yeah. me. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So then the other, the other question was, um, honoring your yeses and like experience around maybe when you felt like you couldn't honor your yeses or you didn't, what was that like for you? I think when we don't honor, like what's a yes for us. And like, this even goes into expression, which I feel like you are going to just speak loads. Uh, like you could just talk about this forever. I feel like it causes like energetic stagnation for me. Mm. and. I don't get that as a generator, especially that satisfaction of like my battery being completely drained, Mm. which is, and I can feel those moments. Oh my gosh. I can't even begin to describe what that feels like as a generator. Like when you have like fully used your battery in intentional ways, you are just in this pocket of bliss that feels so good. And like your magnetism when you're in that place is like, like all the way charged up. And, and so for me, honoring those yeses allows me to like expand that natural life force energy that I have to share in the right ways. So I can feel like that deep generator satisfaction. And I think this can go for any human design type, right? Like saying yes to the right things, you're going to feel like alignment, satisfaction, satiated, insert juicy, yummy, core desired feeling here, words. and that is going to make you feel so fulfilled as opposed to like, oh, I didn't let this energy out in some way when I really felt like I needed to, right? Whether you're saying yes to a project, being on a podcast, saying something fucking scary, but is on your heart on a post, right? So I think that's how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. There is nothing like, I mean, I know my generator BB's listening to this now. There is nothing like the feeling of satisfaction and fulfillment when you know that you are like in your bag and doing your thing and that feeling. And it's such a, like when I'm reminded of the fact that like as a generator, my energy is designed to run and it, and it looks different you know, every day, it's not like we have the same amount of energy or whatever every single day, but like we are quote unquote, supposed to have this feeling of like spentness. Like I am just so exhausted in the best ways from a full ass day of doing what I was put on this planet at this time to do. There is no feeling like it. And when you don't have that feeling It's also like, you know, as generators and again, as all like any human design types, no matter what, what kind of like energy you have there, it's so generative to be 
quote unquote, expending your energy on things because you're like putting your energy out into something, but doing that thing and all the feelings and thoughts and emotions and like outcomes that happen from doing that thing, even though it does take energy and effort, just pours right back into you. It just pours right back into you. And that is the magic of like saying yes to your yeses and no to your no's. Mm-hmm. Love. Mm. What a so, great conversation. I know. I could just talk about it. It's so yummy. You also have a sign in the in your office that says your aura is so yummy. And I'm like, it is. I just love it. I love it here. Um, okay, so you this kind of leads into my next question, which is you talk a lot on your platforms about your experience with physical burnout and chronic illness. And I know we have some like cute little chronic illness things in common. Um, but I also just really love the way that you show up as a leader in this way because you well I'll I'll let you talk about what burnout has looked like for you and kind of your process of healing from that because I think this is another thing that people have a lot of like misconceptions about is burnout is just because you like don't like what you do but you're doing it anyway or you're like people pleasing too close to the sun and there's so much more to it than that so I would love for you to share a little bit more about your experience with physical burnout and chronic illness as an entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, talking about chronic illness is really important to me because so I, at one point during my like job hopping prior to starting Future Intuition, I worked in geriatrics and you just get exposed to how many people in life are either like have chronic illness. And this is not just, you know, people who are elderly, but have chronic illness. And then also people who are caretakers. So one in five people are caretakers. and so many of my clients are either providing care for others, dealing with a chronic illness or dealing with chronic pain. And so that's a lot of the population. And by not speaking to things, these things, I feel like we're leaving out such a big chunk of our reality, especially like as online business owners, like so many people are silently moving through these things. So I think timeline here, I think about six, like 18 months ago, a year and a half ago, I went to the doctor because I was not feeling well. And the biggest thing I wanted to claim last year was my physical health. And I went to the doctor, I was diagnosed with, and this I feel like happens to so many of us, we get like the list of diagnoses. It was Hashimoto's, low progesterone, histamine intolerance, And then the biggest thing was um, adrenal insufficiency, which they kind of call a bunch of different names. I don't have primary adrenal insufficiency, which is Addison's disease. I think I have a secondary or tertiary adrenal insufficiency, which you don't need to worry about what the meaning of is. But what's happening in my body physically is my cortisol was completely flatlined and depleted. We should have a diurnal cortisol, like a cortisol spike during the day. It usually gets lower for some of us like me. Um, You get like maybe a little spike at night if you're a night owl. I get like a spike, of course, all around 8 p.m., which is great. (laughs) Um, But but mine, when I had gone to the doctor about a year and a half ago, I think it was a little longer than that by now, I was flatlined. So my body was absolutely exhausted. Absolutely. Like I had used up so much cortisol that my body thought, we don't need to produce this anymore. And that's from like chronic stress, chronic overworking. I think for me, um, 
I can really see it in the beginning of my business, like listening to advice that wasn't really like aligned with who I was or how I wanted to do business. And I like, I hit burnout doing what I love and like a very physical burnout. And, and for those who are listening and are like, what are the symptoms of this? It's, it messes with all of your other hormones. So you can feel like depressed or have anxiety. You can feel extremely like low motivation. And then you're just fucking tired. Mm. And like a tired that no amount of sleep or rest or nourishing food or caffeine or Adderall or anything can touch. Like I also had a lot of hormonal imbalances for a very, very, very long time and undiagnosed Hashimoto's hyperthyroidism that for years uh, I was being treated for narcolepsy because my daytime sleepiness and exhaustion and fatigue was so bad that I was literally falling asleep at my desk, mm. like sleeping on the floor of the bathroom, taking naps at my old job because I could not keep these pretty little eyeballs open for the life of me. And so much of that is just, and and like the hormonal system is still like, it's such a mystery to me, but so your hormones are so sensitive and so intrinsically linked to one another. And so if one Jenga block is like off, the rest of the Jenga blocks are off. And it's not just like tinkering with this one lever to get it back to balance it's like a whole ass puzzle where all the pieces are moving and it looks like you're on a psychedelic trip and you it's just like yeah so that that journey is a doozy for sure yeah yeah and it's as an entrepreneur it can be so hard because I feel like for a while and I'm I don't know if you've ever felt this way but I just felt like I couldn't be as productive as everyone else And I would constantly be hard on myself for like not getting enough done. And now I operate so differently. Like what I get done is enough. Just when I'm in my sweet spot of like, just being, just allowing myself to get my needs met, like whatever that means for me is, is probably actually when I book the most clients or the most magic happens in my business. But burnout can feel like so incredibly uncomfortable because we are so designed to like be more productive, to run another program to invent a brand new offer. And when I hit burnout and like realized what was happening, got my diagnosis, I've been on like treatment plan for, you know, 18 months now, I really had to look back at my business and say like, what do I really love? What is energy giving? And what really needs to change? And there was so much discomfort in that because your income drops. When you move like the focus of your business, like you do have like a dip. At least that's what happened to me. You have a dip because you're changing how you do things. But then on the other side, you're like, oh, wow. Like I can actually see myself now running my business 10 to 15 years from now, where at first I was like, how the how the fuck am I going to do this forever? Right? I can't launch another masterclass every single month. And and if you do that in your business, there's nothing wrong with that. It just wasn't energetically correct for me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I think for me, I think it also, and there are so many ways that this intersects with like mental illness, neurodivergence, lived experience, all the things. But I remember, you know, going through a lot of the same mental battles of like, bitch, why can't you just do the damn things? Why can't you just sit down 
write and then be done with the writing that you have to do. Like, and, and especially, you know, I started my business as a copywriter. And so in the done for you space, my job was to show up at my desk, write pretty words, send them off to a happy client. And I could not do that when I was sick because I, there were, I was past the point of like, productivity hacking my way through it. I was past the point of, oh, you just need to do the Pomodoro method and like get your space nice and clean. Like, yes, those things. And also there was so much more going on beneath the surface that until I was willing to look at, and you're right, like we don't talk about what happens in the process of getting aligned. It's not just this up, up and only up. You know, for me, when I decided to pivot into intuitive business coaching, shit was like quiet in my business financially for months and months and months and months. And I had to hold the freaking pose and get my needs met in other ways and like continue to affirm myself, to affirm to myself that like it is safe to trust my body. It is safe to not work in exchange for getting my freaking needs met. Like it is safe to rest when it's either rest or like go into a flare for weeks at a time. Like it takes I really am not a huge proponent for discipline or rather like aggressive, like self deprecating discipline, if that's the right word, but it takes a lot of freaking discipline rooted in deep, deep, deep self-compassion. Like it is worth it for me to ride these highs and lows to get to a place where it is more grounded or regulated or sustainable. So yeah, I think that's, Yeah. And, and I think for me, like having all this stuff happening on the physical plane helped me tap into like more of my personal energetics. So like I'm a Capricorn, I'm here for the long haul. You know, I have so many Capricorn placements in my chart, which means slow and steady climb, baby. It's like Mm -hmm. slowly up that mountain. I'm also a six two, which means like life is going to get sweeter and sweeter with every single fucking year that passes by. And if I just continue to be like in that space, for me, the biggest surrender spot I can be in is like, I just can't wait to see what's next. Mm, Like how's the plot going to turn out? Like, yeah. 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 Then I can allow myself to like do what's needed in the interim, even if it's uncomfy, like you said. Right. So, and even if it's not the glamorous, like constant external satisfaction which there's nothing wrong with like craving more on the material plane but yeah I just I just wanted to add that in yeah and I think that's it makes me think of something Maddie said to me one of my previous mentors and I know someone that you know well uh Maddie Murphy of Cosmic Rx was one of my mentors and she said to me when we started working together in like a very understanding and not bypassy kind of way um, I identify as like a star seed and a creature from another dimension and planet, as well as a very human being on this, this planet. And she said, I wonder if part of my, the why or the reason behind some of my physical illnesses and my chronic pain and things like that is to get me to slow down and be in the physical body. I'm a Taurus moon. So it is essential for me to be in the body, in the five senses, to be here, to be now. And because of, you know, blame it on my Aquarius sun, my Leo rising, I'm always like wanting to be fiery, go, go, go. I have the vision. I want the vision to be here yesterday. 
I have a tendency to just want to steamroll through the process. And so much of my learning over the last couple of years, being on my spiritual journey, working with my intuition more, honoring my body, all the things has been about allowing myself to be with physical sensations, emotions, all the things. And I truly feel like the emotional intelligence and the self-love and the understanding of my own nervous system and my own energy and how it operates and my body's needs and all these things, I would not have had to gain that knowledge or gain those skills if it weren't for my chronic illnesses and my chronic pain forcing me to. And so I can like be deeply sad about the things that I've lost because of these things. And also know that like they have been some of my greatest teachers. And yeah, I just think there's a lot of like medicine in that. And in and in honoring at some point that enough is enough and it's worth it for me to do the things that are that are within my control to feel better. Uh, so beautifully said. Yeah, I feel like a lot of chronic illness. I set the intention a couple of years ago for life to slow down. And I think like having chronic illness, having autoimmune conditions has actually really taught me how to slow down and be so present in the like abundant goodness that is already here part of as a part of the human experience. And it's a, it's a hard way to learn the lesson, but I also don't know if I didn't get slapped with like five different diagnoses, if I ever would have stopped. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I so resonate with that. I mean, I, when I first started my business, it was largely because of the experience that I had had working nine to fives where I wasn't able to do the things that I needed to do to take care of my body. And from the jump, I said like, it's not that my energy or my time or my spoons, which also Google spoon theory, if you're not familiar, it's not that my energy is any more valuable than anyone else's, but I know that I have limited capacity because we all do. And a unique brand of limited capacity because of my unique, you know, experience with chronic illness and my physical health. And so when I started my business, I was like, I, I only have the spoons that I have. And when I run out of spoons, I'm out. And so I am choosing to give myself things, experiences, a life, a business work that does refill my cup. Because if I have limited energy, I sure as hell, I'm not going to spend it making someone else whose that vision and values I don't actually give a shit about making them more money at the expense of my, you know, well-being or emotional or physical health. And <clears throat> getting emotional. And it has been this constant journey of returning home to that truth in myself as kind of a guiding light of my own alignment and like checking myself, you know, when I burnt out on my copywriting business, having that same sentiment in mind of like, it is worth it for me to do something that I love, even if it's hard, even if I don't know the how yet, even if it isn't logical because the copywriting business was doing well, it was like, I had to decide that I was worth it to like figure out what the thing was that was going to fulfill me, that was going to feel more nourishing and regenerative to me. And I just love the way that you 
share about your journey with this in a way that is like so deeply empathetic to people who are in the thick of it and in the throes of burnout and also serving as this like proof of possibility of what can happen when you do honor your energy cycles and your physical needs and your body. Cause I just think like, you know, I've been following you and and your work for a couple of years now, I think maybe three years. I feel like I found you in 2020 and it's been so beautiful to like watch your story unfold. Oh, thank you. And so well said. Thank you. Love. So I don't want to take up too much more of your time. We could talk for days, literal days, but I would love to know. Um, obviously, I want to give people a chance to find out where to find you and work with you. Before I ask you that, I would love to know if you had one piece of advice or a tip or some intuitive wisdom for anyone who's listening to this who is maybe interested in diving deeper into kind of more consciously working with their intuition in their business, or they're resonating with the conversations that we're having around, you know, physical health and emotional well-being and fulfillment and, you know, how to kind of get on a path that feels more aligned to them by working with their intuition. What piece of advice or wisdom would you have for someone who's listening to this and is like, okay, yes, yes, I want more of that. I want what she's having. Okay, so the intuitive message I get is like, find where you flow and where people are in response to that. And like say, that, say that. Say that again. Say that again. So find where you flow and then find where people are also in response to that. So focus on the spaces and places in which things feel effortless. And, and that's not saying that there isn't going to be some strategy or whatever else behind it, but where you can feel like, oh, it's just so effortless to create here or spend time here. And then pay attention to like, you can like distill down and refine through the spaces in which people are responding towards you. And like, when you look at the intersection of like those two things, you're like not only following your intuition, but you're also like stepping so much into purpose and where people recognize you for the gifts that you already have. Mm. I picture it as this Venn diagram and it's like when you're operating in the middle of like the overlapping circles of like what you are so hungry to serve up and what people are so hungry to receive that is where your magnetism is on a thousand and ten things flow to you your work is easier and yeah it's not without effort but on the whole it feels just easy breezy beautiful and yeah I love that. I love that. Go where, go with where you are flowing and then where people are responding to that. Yeah. It's like you're floating down the river and then all of a sudden you hit something and people are like, oh wait, we want that thing. Like I want to jump in the boat with you. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's when you're like, oh, I've like hit a sweet spot. Cause I think as an intuitive business owner and someone who leads with intuition so much, um, Yes, I'm like moving with flow and like through the intuitive ideas and through the things that I love to do. But I'm also so closely paying attention to what people are responding to. And that's how shit gets repeatable. Mm. And like, that's how you continue to grow. And like, when you can see patterns, you can reproduce results, transformations, and 
our intuition often operates in patterns too. Mm -hmm. You like learn to pick up how you receive downloads and like all that juicy stuff. So you want like both the internal and the external to be working together. Mm. Yeah. Cause one without the other, no good, not sustainable, not going to work at least not for the long game. And we're in it for the long game. Yes. Paige, this was so good. This is so good. Wow, 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 wow. I've loved this conversation. Um, Okay, so for people who are like, okay, any more of what this girl has, I'm hungry for what she's serving up. How can people find you? Where are you in the internet world? And how can people work with you? Yeah, so you can go to feedyourintuition.com and I'm sure it'll be in the show notes or somewhere connected so I don't have to spell it out. Um, And that has all of my offerings. We're going to be launching this is like the first time I've told anyone this we're going to be launching a bunch of like self-paced self-guided courses at all different price points and I think everything will be $200 or less so like a lot of accessible different price points for how you can work with me and we're going to be launching that in June so it might be a little bit after this comes out but during June some magic happening there plus you can always work with me for readings demonic energy healing I offer one-on-one private mentorship VIP days all, all the juicy ways that we can hang out are all on my website. And then if you just want to be a part of my community, if you want me to be silly on reels or on TikToks, if you want to see me dance and talk about energy work, talk about chronic illness, talk about my life, I'm on Instagram at it's Paige Kane, I-T-S-P-A-I-G-E-K-A-N-E. And then the same on TikTok, it's Paige Kane. And those are like the two biggest spaces I hang out. And then I have my own podcast, which... Audrey has been on and you have like one of our top episodes, which is amazing. Yes. Cute. I love yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. All of those links will be in the show notes for sure, because your podcast is truly like, I could just listen to you read your grocery list and I would be delighted because of the sound of your voice. And also you give some very valuable things that are much more pertinent than just you reading off a grocery list. <laughs> I should do that as an episode. Please. Just like it's in a meditative state. Cooking, cooking page. List. Uh, I love, I love it. Uh, thank you so much, Paige. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Say More. I hope you absolutely loved it. And if you did, it would mean so much to me if you'd leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If this conversation inspired or stirred something in you, make my day by taking a screenshot of this episode and sharing it to your Instagram stories. You can tag me at Audrey Whaling Creative. I would love to reshare. Your ratings and shares mean the absolute most to me and help the show grow so that we can liberate more people like you from lifetimes of being told to sit down and say less. I love you all so freaking much. I will talk to you in next week's episode. Oh, and that thing you can't shut up about? Don't. Bye, y'all.